Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so excited that I continue to see new people following us and that we're getting so many downloads. I'm so excited, and I thank you so very, very much. I want to just put a little plug in there that all of you who are listening and you are downloading, you also probably would be a great guest. So don't think that I'm taking a break over the holidays. I absolutely am going to have this show, and if you're not on my show, I'm going to talk to myself, and I'm going to talk to y'all like you're actually there. So... (laughs) So if you want to be a guest, go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit that little link that says you can be a guest and just fill in the information and we will be able to share your story. And I would love, love, love to do that. So I'm just so excited to have another guest for you today. And I can tell you that I know this person personally, and I'm so excited that he's here today. He is Joey Cromer, and uh, he also goes my baby, maybe Joe, but I call him Joey. Uh, he is 45 years old, recently separated. He grew up in the Pentecostal Southern Baptist churches, but since his early youth, he has gone through education and self-exploration, and he now identifies as agnostic. He was a 90s club kid. He reports that he came from a broken home raised by a single mom. He reports that he was avoided by an emotionally deadbeat sperm donor. So, Joey, I am so happy that you agreed to be here today. I know that you have a lot of things that you can say to us, and I just open up the floor and I say, welcome, Joey, and tell us your story. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm quite honored that... Uh, you and your listeners would want to hear my story, but maybe I have something to say that could help someone, or maybe I'll help myself today. Who knows? That's right. I love that you said that. Perfect. Yes. Well, thank you. I, I had had a great had a great coach. What was that? What was that page again? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no. So yeah, that's that was pretty much my story. Thanks for having me. No, I'm <laughs> that's kidding. right. Um, no, yeah, it's an hour um, show. Come on, Joey. (laughs) Okay. I'll stretch it out a little bit. Um, no, I had a, um, I wouldn't say a normal upbringing. Um, I never knew my father, uh, until I was older in life. Um, my mom lived with her mother and her stepfather, which she, which had been her dad since birth so i always knew him as papaw that's a southern expression for all those northerners out there you know we sometimes call our grandfather papaw mm-hmm. uh, and he was the only male role model i had in my life he was in his early 70s when i came around so he wow. was pretty aged you know mm-hmm. um she was a single mom of course you know and did the best that she could with me um I always knew there was something different about me uh, than the other boys. I never wanted to 
to participate in uh, sports or uh, anything that would involve a dad. I never mm. wanted anything to do with. Mm. So uh, the only activity that I did as a kid was uh, I joined the Boy Scouts and loved the Boy Scouts because it was hands-on. It was, you know, something that I could control, that I could do all the little, you know, badges and things that you mm-hmm. could earn, you know. It, mm-hmm. it was just all me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother was a devout uh, Pentecostal uh, lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was every Wednesday and Sunday we was in that church shaking snakes and speaking in tongues. Oh I my mean. gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a yeah. Lot. They were yeah. They were uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, I, I jest about the shaking snakes and stuff. You know, it's just something something funny to say. Although we did go to although we did go to a church one time where they were shaking snakes and the whole congregation got up and left. Oh my uh, goodness! Yeah, it was it was quite. It was scary. It yeah, was scary. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my first memory of being in a church is an old man looking down upon me and screaming and pointing his finger at mm. me, pretty much telling me that God hates me. I'm a sinner. No matter what I do, I'm going to hell anyway. Mm. Uh, you know, you better get right with the Lord. Well, how am I supposed to get right with the Lord if I'm going to hell anyway? You know, good what, question. What am, what am I supposed to do? You know, uh-huh. um, I don't know if you've ever been to a church where they speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. I have, and they run up and down the aisles, and mm-hmm. you know, people come in in walkers, and the next thing you know, they're doing backflips down the mm-hmm. you know aisle and mm-hmm. in between the pews and falling out and it was very traumatic for uh, mm-hmm. a young kid like me which um, most of my childhood life I didn't know that uh, I had undiagnosed you know mental illnesses like mm. uh, um, uh, agoraphobia you know things like that um, and I think all, all this church experience when I was a kid kind of added to that mm. because later in life it played a really big role in in me seeking, some type of spiritual, some type of religious base for my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was really spoiled as a kid. Um, I came from a pretty poor family, but I never really wanted for anything. Um, so I think a lot of my upbringing and being spoiled also has led to my spiritual demise. <laughs> okay. How so? <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I never really was taught how to work for anything. And I was mm-hmm. never really taught how to ask for anything. You know, it was just kind of just given to me. Mm. So, you know, from what I have learned um, in my journey is you pray, you know, you ask for things, you know, you, you, uh, uh, you know, please help me in this time of need and stuff. And I have just never, ever, ever grasped the concept of being able to uh, pray to a deity or a God or a being that is going to be there unconditionally, because a lot of the stuff that I've been through in my life, I feel like I should have been rescued from. If there Mm -hmm. was a God, if there was something out there, 
that that would not have happened to me. X, Y, Z. And I'll get into that to, to a uh-huh. minute in a minute. But uh, uh, life went on. I um, continued to go to church with my grandmother um, until we uh, moved to a new area and that church was too far away. And my grandmother pretty much just abandoned church. She, you know, she, oh. Yeah, she, she never went. This devout lady that I knew yeah. every Wednesday and Sunday that was in church, praying her, her heart out, uh, gave up, just gave it up Wow. over a couple, over a couple of miles. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I think that may, it may have played a role in, in a lot of my, um, spiritual or religious, um, mm-hmm. rearing, I guess that would be mm-hmm. a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized I was gay at a really early age. I, I knew I was different. Um, all the other little boys were running around trying to kiss the little girls. And I was chasing behind the boy, chasing the girl, trying to kiss him. I mean, that was, just, that was just the way that it was with me. I didn't know what gay was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that um, it was wrong, quote unquote, you know, okay. wrong mm-hmm. uh, to be that way. Um, but the first time I got caught kissing a boy, uh, no one had to say anything because the looks that I got from my family, I knew what shame was in that moment. Mm. I knew what it was. How old were you? Oh gosh. I was probably seven, eight years old. I was a little kid. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I knew what shame was, uh, from that point on. And I knew what I had did was wrong. Mm-hmm. in their eyes mm-hmm. so uh, no one would talk to me about it no one wanted to speak mm-hmm. to me about what was going on so I was left in this limbo mm-hmm. of why why is that wrong why mm-hmm. why is that you know something mm-hmm. taboo mm-hmm. Uh, later in life um Thanks to the Jerry Springer show, I re- I knew what gay was. <laughs> it was never. Oh God! Was, yeah, I know. It was never. It was never spoke of. You know, know. Uh-huh. coming it, coming from my family, it was never ever spoke of. And um, I, I should add that uh, that was around the time that I also realized that homosexuality as an abomination was in the Bible. So knowing now what gay was and knowing what I was, what my attractions were and knowing that in the Bible, there was this passages that, you know, said that it was an abomination. It, it really crippled me as, Mm -hmm. as a person. Mm -hmm. And I really felt that I was so different that I couldn't be fixed that, Mm. you know, no, no matter what anyone said or did, I, I I was wrong. And I was like that preacher had put in me when I was a kid, I was going to hell. It was something that, that wasn't going to change, um, for me, my family knew about it. It was kind of like a secret that had been exposed, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, plus as a kid, I was, I was so, I was kind of weird, uh, 
<laughs> my my cousin, a female cousin, um, got all the really cool toys. She got all the Barbies. She got all the the you know Wonder Woman uh, underwear and little what are those things called little camisole things uh-huh. that little, little girls yeah. wear. Yeah. Well, uh, I got caught trying those on at my family's house, you know, and the it was it was like someone walking on a murder scene. That that was how they reacted <laughs> oh, to it. Oh no. Yeah. And here I am, a little boy in in, you know, Wonder Woman outfit, uh, which was, you know, girls underclothes, but I wanted mm-hmm. to be Wonder Woman and I could twirl. I could twirl. I, I, I can see that happening. <laughs> I could twirl with the best of them. <laughs> Linda Carter had nothing on me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's all this stuff that's piling up on me from being a little kid to, mm-hmm. you know, becoming a teenager of little weird things that Joey does, you know, little, little strange things that he does. Of course, now being an adult, I knew that they knew. I knew yeah. that they knew. So that made uh, me wonder when you said that you had learned about this time that homosexual homosexuality in the Bible has the abomination word attached to it. Did you learn that in church or were your were your family members telling you that? Um, it, it was an abom- it was an abomination through I think both. OK, so you were uh, hearing it at church and through the and family at, and, and, and at home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because one of my. I don't want to get too descriptive because I know people will secretly listen to this in my family and, and they'll be like, he's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that uh, would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> they can Payback. secretly listen. Payback. <laughs> That's right. Payback. That's what this is. Payback. No, I'm kidding. Um, I do. I did have some family members that were deep, deep in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, held positions in the church. So, so as a kid growing up and you'll have to, I, and I'll go ahead and just apologize you, you and your listeners. I'm going to use the terminology that was, that I heard. I can mark it explicit. So you just be okay. you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but growing up as a kid with all this stuff going on, you know, with me kissing the boys and, mm-hmm. you know, me, um, you trying on the wonder woman outfit, mm-hmm. um, knowing that I was gay, I would always hear the word faggot and Mm -hmm. queer Mm -hmm. and uh they should all just burn in hell and they're all going to hell anyway you know it's just disgusting and all this and here i am knowing that that's me they're Mm -hmm. talking about Mm -hmm. and these are supposed to be people that love me Mm -hmm. this is supposed to be my family you know this is supposed Mm -hmm. to be my blood you know people that i can turn to and depend on for for anything and they know i've done this stuff and they're standing in my face using mm. these this language, this terminology, mm-hmm. telling me I'm going to hell mm-hmm. uh, for something I can't help, something right. that I have absolutely no control over. Right. Uh, that was huge yeah. for my ego uh, yeah. or my um, self esteem. I mean, yes. it just it crippled me. Mm-hmm. It, it really did. So I really adopted the mentality that if my own family, my own flesh and blood does not accept me and does not think that I'm just as worthy as they are to get into heaven, 
Mm-hmm. Then what does the rest of the world think of me? Mm-hmm. You know, h- how am I supposed to survive in a world that hates me, that, that mm-hmm. believes I'm going to hell? Because, mm-hmm. you know, back then, you know, I wholeheartedly believed in, in God, in uh, Christianity. I, I believed it was truth. I believed it was, you know, facts. You know, anytime anyone said anything, well, the Bible says, it was kind of like the go-to thing uh, for all the answers. Yeah. And, you know, to use that as a weapon against a little kid, Mm -hmm. it tore me apart. Yeah. And to hear these people, like I said earlier, I didn't have a father growing up. Mm -hmm. And to hear that these grown men that I looked up to would say these things right in front of me after knowing what I had done, Mm -hmm. who I was, and would say this right in front of me, devastated me. Mm-hmm. It, it really did it devastated me um right around that time i was probably about i don't know 14 maybe somewhere around in there i i, I knew i was gay knew i was and everyone says oh you're too young to know you know what you are but they don't tend to tell that to the little boys chasing the girls they think mm-hmm. it's cute Mm-hmm. But have a little boy chasing a little boy, and oh Lord, the world loses its mind. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Especially in the South. That's uh, right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so around 14, I-, I knew what I was. I knew I was gay. Knew it. Uh, so I decided to tell my mom. And I remember telling her we were driving down in Asheboro, Highway 64. We were taking the farmer Denton exit to go to Salisbury Mm -hmm. and I turned to my mom and I says mom I have something to tell you and she says what and I said I'm gay her reaction was this oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god no you're not no you're not oh my god no you're not oh my god no you're not (laughs) oh that was her reaction (laughs) now my mom was my whole world yeah my my grandfather who had been my only father figure had had passed recently right when I just about turned 14 he he had passed Uh, my grandmother who I worshipped had left my grandfather for another man this being the grandmother that was also a devout Pentecostal by the way so (laughs) Uh, I see how that plays (laughs) yeah religion works if it works in your favor yes that's how religion works in my family Mm. um so my mom really didn't speak to me for a really long time. Uh, mm. We kind of passed and repassed. How you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm good. All right. Good night. Love you. Okay. Yeah. Good morning. You can, you're going to go to school. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. So it was just was civ- civil, yeah. civil, whatever that word is, civil or whatever, but yeah. Not, yeah. not real conversation. Right. Not real conversations. Mm-hmm. So here I'm again with another devastating blow. Mm-hmm. Uh, to my identity mm-hmm. and just another reinforcement that I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that how, how I'm living is wrong, that what, mm-hmm. what I'm doing is wrong. My, uh, the male figures that I looked up to as fathers, um, you know, have their negative things to say about it. God has his negative things to say about it in the Bible. Uh, all the people in the church have the same, belief system that it's wrong that you're going mm-hmm. to hell blah blah, mm. blah blah um 
and now my mom mm. who I mm. really really depended on who was mm. like my rock mm-hmm. uh I had felt that everyone had turned their back on me that there was mm-hmm. no that there was no one that that I could turn to mm-hmm. um I lived the next couple of years pretty much quiet I didn't really talk about anything didn't really have you know, too much to say to anybody. And I think that that's when my depression really started was around that, that age. Um, later on about that age of 16, um, I discovered alcohol. Um, and alcohol became my religion. Mm. It, it, it really did. It, it, it became what I went, went to. Mm-hmm. when I needed comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was what I went to when, you know, I needed to not feel so ashamed of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole time that record is playing in my mind of all the things that were said to me about me when I was a kid was continuing to play mm-hmm. itself out in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, my life kind of went on like that for, for years at 18, I discovered drugs and I discovered that I could be a, a, a gay guy, a gay man, um, a gay youth at the age of 18, I could get into clubs. You know, I was, uh, not to, um, sound vain or anything, but I was young. I was, pretty good looking, um, had a nice figure. People paid attention to me Mm -hmm. and people rewarded me with drugs and alcohol. Um, so that became part of my life. Um, education went out the window, you know, I quit school when I was 16, I left that out, but, uh, because of harassment and bullying. Um, and that's something that I want wanted to touch base on was I don't I don't want anyone out there especially a young person who's being bullied or harassed because uh, they're part of the LGBTQI plus community Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. feel like they're alone because you're not Mm -hmm. Um, we've all experienced some type of bullying we've all experienced some type of harassment we've all experienced some type of discrimination in our lives just for simply being ourselves. And that does not mean that you're a bad person. It does not right. mean that uh, you're not important. It, it, you know, what that means is, is there's toxic people in your life mm-hmm. um, that want to drag you down, that want to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. But I had no one to tell me these things right. when I was young. It was just the way the world was. Mm. you know that that was how it big. Is. well if you're going to be that way you're going to have to you know expect uh-huh. that people are mm. going to treat you as you're different so they're going to treat you differently mm. you know uh, church really scared me uh as a kid like i said but mm-hmm. around the age of 20 um i wanted to clean myself up i wanted to you know do right. I wanted to live right. Um, and I tried going back to church. Um, I had gotten to a rehab center and they had placed me in a three quarter house. 
Um, if no one knows what that is, it's sort of like a step before you can live on your own and do it drug and alcohol free. And of course, this place was religious space. Uh, so no matter where I turned in life with seeking some type of religious, spiritual relief, I never found it. And I pretty much hardened my belief system into it's all bullshit. Anyway, it's all, it's all just a bunch of lies. It's just, it's just something some people made up to control other people. It's something someone, you know, made up to pass around a collection plate. It's uh, it's, it's something that someone invented to further themselves. So the further that I could push God away, Mm-hmm. or the Christian belief away, mm-hmm. the better I felt about myself, mm-hmm. but the worse I felt about myself. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very draining mm-hmm. my early twenties, uh, mm-hmm. trying to find, you know, r- recently deemed a man, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and trying to, to battle my own path in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always seem to find these, these stumbling blocks, these, these um, points in my life to where it just always seemed religion was spitting on me. Mm-hmm. Spirituality was spitting on me. You know, God hated me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I never could wrap my head around how I was supposed to be a spiritual and religious person when the very book of rules says I'm an abomination and I'm going to hell. Yeah. A very interesting thing happened to me when I was 24. Okay. I was 24 at 424 in the afternoon on April the 4th. I uh, hit a pine tree doing 70 miles an hour after I'd polished off two fifths of uh, crown Royal. So I died in mm. this wreck. Mm. Um, from what I have been told, because I was not awake mm-hmm. <laughs> to witness, mm-hmm. to witness any of this was mm-hmm. that uh, a police officer checked my pulse, pronounced me dead, said he's dead. They called off all the help, you know, to, <laughs> the ambulance and all that. Um, supposedly they were taking me out of the vehicle. Someone recognized me. Uh, I moaned or something. And so they called life flight in. Um, I was transported to Baptist hospital in Raleigh, Durham. Um, I was in triage for, two weeks i was in a coma for a week um and during this time i died four times Mm. and there was this very interesting thing that happened to me and i would like to share it kind of like the first time publicly wow Um, gosh i'm honored go ahead yeah i i've I've told friends Mm -hmm. what happened Mm -hmm. but i've never actually spoke about it publicly Mm -hmm. so i don't the the last thing that i remember is before the wreck happened Mm -hmm. was sitting in my jeep and someone 
blowing their horn behind me because I had passed out behind the wheel at a stoplight. Well, I woke up and took, took the turn and I guess immediately after that passed out again. I don't know, but that was Mm -hmm. the last thing I remember is hearing a horn. The next thing I remember is I come to, and I'm in this room and it's a very small, narrow room and it's in all shades of gray. There's really no color to the room whatsoever. There were people in the room. There was my grandfather who had passed when I was 14. There was my uh, great-grandmother who had passed. There was my uh, grandfather's brother who had passed. And then my stepbrother was there who had passed when I was like nine years old of kidney failure. Uh, they were all in this room. The entire room was made out of cement. The entire room. Um, except for a door at the end of the room. The door was very narrow and very, very tall. And at the top of the door was a small window. And in the window, I could see this brilliant golden light just bursting through this window. And it was like pulsating and turning and swirling and just going in and out of itself and just expanding and imploding. I mean, just, it was something to awe at. It it was, it was really beautiful. Um, Then I noticed that the people in the room, I could see their eye colors. My grandmother had blue eyes. My grandfather had green eyes, you know, so, so on and so on. So I could see eye color, this brilliant golden light, but everything else was this dull, dark gray. Even me, I was a dull, dark gray color. I kept wanting to stand up to go through that door. And I never spoke it out loud, but everyone in the room was telling me, you can't go through that door. It's, it's not your time to go through that door. You cannot go through that door. And I remember I would like in my mind say, no, I'm going through that door. I'm going to go through that door. And as I would go to stand up, this power is the only word I can use to describe it, would lock me in place. And with no verbalization, I I would feel the word no, that I couldn't go through that door. Mm. Well, then I would, I, I got through the coma, you know, had all the surgeries and everything that I needed. Um, And I just woke up, but I've never forgotten that as long as I, as long as I've, as since it's happened, I I have, there's not a day that hasn't gone by that. I haven't thought about it in in some Mm. way, shape or form. Wow. So I thought to myself, if that was quote unquote heaven, why couldn't I go through the door? So then again, it was, oh, it's because I'm gay. I couldn't go through the door. Because I'm gay, I couldn't go through the door. That's why I couldn't go through the door. So that's the message that you internalized instead of thinking, oh, I've had a miracle and I survived this and I get a second chance. Yeah. It's yeah. you're gay. You can't go yeah. through the door. Right. And all my family, you know, the people that are supposed to love support me are sitting there telling me I can't go through the door. Right. So, yeah. 
And apparently I, they I can't think, either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause they're still in the room with me, except they have eye color. That was okay. Strange. So they, they got the eye, eye color. color. <laughs> they got eye color. I didn't. They were worthy of eye color. I wasn't. Uh, but you know, we, I'm laughing and you're laughing, but, but that's the, that's the deep set of that shame is that we get so twisted by the messages of the church and other people, even like you said, the people that are supposed to have your back that love you, supposedly mm-hmm. the messages we get are so toxic and mm-hmm. we embed them in us. And even when we start to make a, a turn and we start to get some clarity, it doesn't take but one administration that wants to take the pen and write, you know, take away our rights for us to go back to shame and feeling like we are less than. It is it is a lifelong journey almost. I mean, not that we can't have a quality life because I certainly do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm better, better, better every single day and way better than I was, you know, before I leaned back into church, but, but it still has that toxicity within our own inner homophobia that was put there by other people. So I totally get where you're coming from. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and just sitting here speaking with you, there's there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't wonder mm-hmm. what I would have been like as a straight male. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't wonder, you know, because my there's so much that's happened in in, in my life with that revolve around me being gay, and I know a lot of people say, "Well, you make it about you being gay." No. I didn't ask the military to kick me out because I was gay. They chose to do that. I I had nothing to do with that, except I just showed up gay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. my naval career was over in a year. Mm. And it was something I really enjoyed. I really look forward to. That's not to mention right around that time, I had decided that I wanted to reconnect with my father, that Mm -hmm. I wanted to know who my father was. Mm -hmm. And when I came out to him, his response was, you're disgusting and you won't bring that faggot shit to my house. Mm. Mm. That was his response to his only child. That he had never known. That he had never known. <laughs> he, he didn't have a damn thing to do with how I turned out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But still wanted to condemn the person that I was. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't think anyone chooses that there's that whole you know debate out there is it is it you know a choice or yeah you know birth or or whatever no one would choose this no no one would choose this no no one would choose to have to come on a podcast and explain to people why i have such an aversion Mm -hmm. to religion and Mm -hmm. spirituality Mm-hmm. and god in general mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh no one no one chooses this no, no one if i had the choice i would much rather be you know the heterosexual beer slugging <laughs> uh football playing you know bubble boy yeah yeah whatever <laughs> Yeah, I would have now, not to say that. that there aren't some good Southern boys who love football and beer and are also gay and proud oh, of it. Yes, but you're telling me. But, <laughs> <laughs> and Joey goes, I've known a few. I've known a couple. 
But you're absolutely right. This is, you know, the the idea that we would choose to be separated from everybody else and fight for our rights and fight for health care and be condemned and not be able to marry legally, you know, for so many years. It's just ridiculous to think that that. Yes, let me sign up for that kind of abuse. I love that. Let's see. Happiness, 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 turmoil. Oh, that's me. That's what I want. Turmoil. That's exactly what I want. Sign me up for that one, Lord. Sign me up for it. I'm your girl. I'm your girl. Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm your girl too. (laughs) But, uh, but but yeah, I mean, just the, the church, I guess the message of the church that I got when I was a kid really has turned my stomach yeah uh, against yeah. religion of of any kind because it seems like most of them have the you know anti-gay message anyway uh so i just figured i just wouldn't be a part of it that i didn't want it to be a part of my life and and that's kind of where i'm at today i just don't want no type of religious affiliation attached to me whatsoever mm-hmm. and to I did, I did want to make sure that I added this into this podcast to this day. I still have family members after being out for 32 years. uh, I still have family members that say, uh, yeah, you're gay. I love you anyway. Or yeah. Or uh, hate the sin. Love the oh, center. I hate that sentence. Oh, I want to punch people in the face when they say that to me, but you know, I can't because you know, jail. But... <laughs> Good deterrent. Good deterrent. Yeah. Good Keep deterrent. that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, and these are the same people who have, well, I'm not going to call nobody out, but yeah. who, who have done some pretty unchristian things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like they always want to point the finger at me because it takes the attention away from them. And what well, they yeah, that and and they they are selective in in what they focus on in the Bible, because there's there's all sorts of people in my family who if you go down the whole list of things that you can be condemned by, I'm not the only one that made the cut. You know, there's <laughs> there's tons of others who are doing things, but it's not about that. And that's what that's what I wish mm-hmm. all of us in the community would remember is that it is not about sin. Mm-hmm. It is our birthright to be here because we were created by God and nobody is better or not better than the next one. You know, we were all created in God's image. And I read a meditation the other day from Richard Rohr and he, he does brilliant, brilliant writing. And, and he said that, you know, if you are made in God's image, then it's not an external job. It's an internal job Mm -hmm. that the church is there because some people wanted to gather together and Mm -hmm. make it more uh, formal, Mm -hmm. but knowing God, and this is what I want. Not that I, I love my Episcopal parish. I love it, love it, love it. But it's not about the building. It's about me knowing in my soul that I am a child of God, that Mm -hmm. I'm accepted by God and all of the misinterpretations and translations of the thing we call the Bible Mm -hmm. that condemns us is wrong. Yeah. God's too big for God's too big for one book. Anyway, I don't care how thick that book is. God is too big for one book anyway. Well, and that's clear because not everything was put in it. 
<laughs> right. And it's, it's sort of, it's sort of funny. If you go to a church and I, I've always wanted to do this, I've wanted to have a questionnaire that I hand out to everyone. What do you believe? Mm-hmm. What is your, what, what do you believe is a sin? What do you believe is not a sin? Mm. What do you believe? I guarantee you, if there is 50 people in that church, there'll be 51 different religions, mm-hmm. including the pastor. And that's why there are so many different religions and right. so many different churches within the same. I mean, you, it's all about people not being able to agree. And that was mm-hmm. the whole point about different translations is that people couldn't agree. And the yeah. next person that took over wanted it done a, a different way. That's a why there's way. all the reformations and, and all everyone, the, oh, we're going to do this and we're not going to do that. And everyone is pawing for that validation. Yes. Of the church. Yes. They, 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 I, take a deep breath, Joey. You're, yeah, you're about I to get, preach. I can I hear you're so about mad. to preach. I, I get so mad. I get so mad at this topic. And it's one that is avoided in my family because in my drinking days, it was brought up one Thanksgiving and I preached a sermon to mm-hmm. my family, my Christian mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. That I'm sure to this day is still spoken about (laughs) positive. Well, but that's what I love about this story, Joey, is that even though you've been wounded and outcasted and disappointed by your family and by God through the church, that I see so much of that spirituality still in you. You have the fire to look for truth. You have the commitment to share your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so don't think that you're not still living the life, but the wound is stopping you from being able to receive anything you're giving. It's hard for you to receive it. Yeah, uh, Yeah. I would, I would, I would agree with that. I, I, if I had a belief system, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it would, it would be, like I was saying earlier, God is too big for one book, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I believe if there is a God, which I'm not saying there is, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying if there was a God, I do believe he would, and he's all powerful, you know, all knowing, uh, he would take the time to speak to us individually. And he would take the time to speak to us and say, um, no, Joe, uh, heterosexuality isn't what I had in mind for you. <laughs> I need you to be a good little gay Christian and go out there and show everybody that, you know, your light can shine just as bright as a, a heterosexual pastor's mm-hmm. light can shine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to believe that that is the power and the grace of God. I don't want to believe that the power and grace of God is damnation and hellfire. Mm -hmm. I don't want to believe that. Right. And see, I also believe that what you're doing today by putting this story on my podcast is that you are allowing God to speak through you to tell people that. I really believe that. I really believe (laughs) <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> but see, Amen. I, I really believe that, you know, the people who have come into my life, the people that yeah. have shared with me that, oh, wait, that's not really what I believe. And here's why. And I can show you that yeah. this is true, that, that you're not going to hell. I, you know, and I've had to have many people tell me that to, to yeah. calm down the inner homophobia and the messages that I'm going to hell. But 
they keep coming. And I believe that those, you know, I heard somebody call those God winks, you know, that, that when people show up in your life, when they look in your face and they say, Joey, you're not going to hell for being gay. You are beloved by God and you have a right to be here. Isn't that an amazing, profound statement that you just made that we keep searching for that validation through other people that we're okay, that we're good, but all it takes is that one person to tell us that we're wrong and we're going to hell and it crushes us. Exactly. So why is that? And why do we allow that to continue to happen? And that's, and that's, I think that's what drew me to starting this podcast because I was spinning. Yeah. I could feel great about myself. And then I would hear one negative comment that uncorked that stuff down inner homophobia. And I was a mess again for, you know, for how long? So if we could claim that that knowledge that we decide somebody doesn't have to tell us that we can be gay with God. We can choose to be gay with God. And that's basically what I did is that I just kept hashtagging gay with God in all these different posts for like the whole last year. And it's like, I will claim that you didn't have the right to tell me I couldn't have both. Right. And so, you know, for me, it was like F you church. And I was gone. Yeah. I, I hadn't gone to church in the longest time. And my crystals and my meditation <laughs> and my Buddha, we were all just fine <laughs> until I realized that I was still not empowering myself to claim what I missed. Somebody took it from me and I chose to reclaim it. That's another powerful statement that someone took it from you. It was mm-hmm. stolen. <clears throat> yes. And that's how yes. I feel. Yes my life has been um, Mm -hmm. is it was stolen from me because I don't agree with how someone else believes. Right. Right. And it never should have happened because they didn't have a say, but they did have a say because they were the adults and they were the ones that you were entrusted to. But, you know, just like Wayne Dyer always said that he always wanted to teach resilience. He said he Mm -hmm. knew it as a little kid that he needed to tell people that they because he wound up in orphanages because his mother um, had alcoholic husbands that would beat her, beat them. Mm -hmm. And then she didn't have enough money and they wound up in orphanages several times. And every time he went to an orphanage, which was basically back then a big warehouse full of children that weren't Mm -hmm. really paid attention to. And Mm -hmm. he would always try to encourage the, the little ones and the scared ones how to be resilient. And he said he knew from a very young age that his path was to teach people how to believe in themselves and how they can help themselves. He said, so for me, I, I must have told God that I wanted to do that. And so I got put in this orphanage because I got to practice it a whole lot of times before <laughs> I started teaching you guys. But he always saw that as a gift that his father had walked out on them. He never knew his father you know, for the longest time. And um, and when he finally found him, he was actually dead and in the grave. But, um, you know, he he had a really rough time of it, but he never he never allowed himself to 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 keep that da- keep him down. He saw it as a reason that he went through that so he could teach others. And so for us, as we struggle with our faith and with our, you know, our relationship with God, for me, it was coming back to the place where, okay, I recognize how that got taken from me. Mm-hmm. Now, am I going to stay in that or am I going to reclaim it? And so it doesn't mean that I don't still question. And I really don't like the Old Testament 
at this point because it just is messed <laughs> up in so many ways. But that's not the point of who I am. The point of who I am is that I want to be love. I want to extend love. And that is, I think, Jesus's religion. Jesus was not Christian. He did not. He, he did talk in the synagogue because he was Jewish. And so, right. you know, he did he did preach or, or have you know, spoke. But love was his religion. Love right. yourself and love everybody else. Love your neighbor as yourself. But you got to love yourself first. So right. coming back into finding my purpose is about allowing me to open back up and reclaim what I feel was taken from me and put it back in my words, put it back in my soul. And even at the Episcopal church, I mean, the people that I've met get that. It's like, if I had been raised Episcopalian, I would not have any of these issues. <laughs> it's the true religion. Well, no, I'm kidding. Not the I'm old joking. Episcopal no, church, kidding. apparently. The old Episcopal church would have also condemned me, but the new progressive people... <laughs> Right. Get it, get it. And, and they've just been so helpful, you know, through my journey. And, and yes, it still was an external thing because I think when you go through inner homophobia and you, you've gone through all this shame, sometimes you still need people to say it before you can claim it. So it takes a balance now of both for me. Yeah. I, I, I have trouble validating Yes, my existence in a religious setting or religious life or yeah. or whatever. But like uh, I had told you when we had first talked about mm-hmm. me coming on your podcast mm-hmm. was, you know, I don't know what, if anything, I believe in. Yeah. Uh, I I, sure. I I don't believe in the Christian God. I I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in these preachers. Who are standing up there in these million-dollar churches and right. still continuing to pass the offering plate? I just, I just cannot wrap my head around how that is it's living not. for a God of love, as yeah. you yeah. eloquently put it. Yeah, it's not, and that's the big lie. That's the big lie that they're all living in, and it's up to me as an individual to say, okay, forget what everybody told me. Forget how I was raised, forget all of that and just sit with it. You know, for me, sitting in silence is, is the cure that if I can just sit in silence and whatever comes and I don't get no burning bush, I really wish I had been Moses. I mean, I need a burning bush. I want some big old flashlight. I want some big old audio. Yeah. Audible. But, and no, I get nothing, but <laughs> trumpets and angels and beams of light yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but no i have to learn to be in silence and i have to learn to accept what comes so i might be in silence for 15 20 minutes and then Mm -hmm. later in the day somebody will say something to me that just opens the window wide open for me and i'm like oh aha there it is bing that's what i've been searching for so that's what i said earlier is that you speaking today is going to be a flashlight for somebody else it's going to open up a belief that had been closed down for so long that now they can reopen because you told your story. And what I would say, I hope that you'll gift yourself that right back is that you can be the beacon for yourself. It's not about any church or any person. It's just about whatever relationship you, you lean into. And it's not choosing it and having Mm -hmm. it forever. It's leaning back into where do I feel safe? 
And it's, that's why a relationship with God doesn't have to be in a building because it's just you and the spiritual being that you want to believe in. Right. Even though you don't know how to do it. It's something that you want. You just don't know how to do it or what to believe. I, I, I absolutely do not. Yeah. And I yep. think I gave up mm-hmm. uh, sure. a long time ago. Yep. I, I think I just quit God a long time ago. Yep. Um, like, like I was telling you, you know, I want to want to believe. Yep. You know, I just don't want to believe, you know, because that's, that's, that's so ordinary. It, just believing, you know, because yeah. it's, or it's, it's familial, it's, you know, mm-hmm. lessons that were taught as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, but do you, do, do you, do you really want that? Mm-hmm. Or I want the want. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. I want the want. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Well, and, and what I would say to you is that, you know, it's, it's not about, it's really not about how they said it was. And for me, leaning in scared the hell out of me because I kept thinking, what if, what if this doesn't work again? Can I be disappointed again? Right. And could I survive being disappointed again? Because I have been disappointed, you know, for 62 years. <laughs> and that's a long time to keep being slammed down. And you think this is an opening and you think this is going to work and then slam down again. But I can tell you that the, the peace that I have started to feel is worth all of that. And so, but it scared me to lean in because I, I feared that it would turn out like all the other times before. And that is a really good point in my life. Because mm-hmm. it seemed like if there, we only had an hour to mm-hmm. speak mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't even touch mm-hmm. the, the trauma and stuff that, you know, I went through in my life. But during those times of trauma, for me, it was it, after the event was over, it would always be like, if there was a God and he truly loved me, why didn't he show up? Yeah. Why didn't he stop this from happening? Mm-hmm. You know, and then in my head, I hear those old voices from my childhood saying, you didn't pray hard enough. That's, you didn't. You, that's you, bull, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you ain't a real Christian. That's why he didn't show that's up. That's right. You know? No. Okay. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And so what we call this is sequel. So we had an hour. We got this far. We have mm-hmm. your backstory. And mm-hmm. so guess who gets to come back and tell the oh, rest Lord. of the story? <laughs> hey, you survived this. You're <laughs> I did. Such <laughs> a dang trooper you are. So, so I want to go a little bit deeper. And so when we get off of this and we wrap up, I do want to reschedule you and I want to go deeper. Oh, girl, how deep do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we'll talk about it before <laughs> Bring a shovel. Bring a shovel. So, guys, if you are listening to this show, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm sure listen. that you will. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure you're saying, yes, go deeper, bring Joey back. So this is what I would suggest is that that you that that when we finish this show today, I want you to just take a breath. I want you to be proud of yourself for coming on and sharing this story. 
because you, my friend, have held these things in and, and walked alone for a long time. Not that you don't have amazing friends. I know that you do, but I, do. I know that you do, but, but you have walked this spiritual journey alone because it's been your shame and it's been your pain. We can transform that. Not we, as in me, but I'm talking about God now. But, um, you know, you can transform that. And I believe that with all my heart. I'm not going to shake snakes speaking tongues. Anyway. Oh, honey, <laughs> if you do that, we are not hanging out together. We are not. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> You're not going to make me bite the head off a chicken, are you? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I might share a Richard Rohr meditation with you. But <laughs> okay, I don't know who that is. Be calm. But whatever. It'll be calm. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, Joey, I really do want to thank you. And before we go, I want you to say, um, the, the final question that I, I ask all of my guests is that mm-hmm. if, if you came across someone that was having these struggles, that they mm-hmm. just couldn't put it together and they're really in a lot of pain and deep emotional pain, what's the one thing that you wish someone had said to you that you would say to them? Let's have a cup of coffee and talk about it. Uh, yeah. If somebody had just opened up the dialogue, right? Yeah. Just said, hey, I'm here. Yeah. You're not alone, kid. Mm-hmm. People care. Yeah. Yeah. And look at the people that you've invited into your life that do. I know. I'm blessed. If there is such thing as blessings, I am truly, truly blessed. Well, I just do believe that you have an inner guidance system that, that brings light to you when you most need it. That would be my GPS, right? My God positioning system. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let me write that down. <laughs> Go ahead. You can have it. These people Consider never it tell stolen. <laughs> Consider it stolen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that would be fine. We'll call it that. So, okay. but, but I, I love that. Let's have a cup of coffee. Let's talk. Uh, that, that, that's what we all needed was for somebody to listen and for somebody to talk to us about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little understanding. Yeah. Okay. listeners think i'm insane by the way oh how do you know that? <laughs> i've heard don't, myself speak don't before. speak for my listeners my listeners are cool and open and abundant <laughs> i love them <laughs> awesome so thank you guys for listening i want to thank you joey for coming in today and speaking with us and i'm going to thank you in advance that you will reschedule and we will go a little deeper and so i appreciate you and i honor your faith journey story And listeners, I want to thank you so much for coming back each week, supporting and sharing and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and any links to connect with Joey and all my other guests, go to the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. And um, you can see everybody's picture and their little write up there and any links that they post. I also want to remind you that if you want to be a guest on the show, there are slots available uh, throughout December in the new year. So please you know, sign up and share your story so that you can also be a beacon of light for someone who just wishes somebody would say it out loud and they can hear it. If you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you are authentically gay, God has always been with you and within you, even when you didn't know it. You have always been gay with God. 
Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay With God community and check us out on our private Facebook group, Gay With God. See you next week, everybody. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.